Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Hour Football Podcast, episode 87. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a while. I wonder if your hair has grown. I painted my hair somewhere in the process. I hope maybe you shaved it. I don't know. It's getting hot. Tons of stuff to talk about. And as always, is my counterpart, a lovely voice. I'm so excited to hear again, Adriana Terrazas. Adriana, how are you today? I'm great, Amy. Um, hair still long-ish. Um, <laughs> No, no, no major changes there. I actually cut my hair um, in March, and then I, I can't. I haven't been well, to the hospital say. to donate don't, it. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. gonna say. What's the? Th- well, I I don't think I asked you this before. How long do you let your hair grow before you cut it so you can donate it? Because Adriana is very, very generous this way. She cuts her hair and then she donates it. It's very cool. Yeah, um, I it's, I've done it twice, and then both times I've let it be thirty centimeters. Oh wow! I think you can donate from twenty. But I just, I, I'm like, okay, let's just keep it going, keep it going. And I, I'd love for it to be even longer, but it gets to a point where it starts getting like really thin. And then I'm like, oh, then they're not going to like it as much. And maybe they just can't move it around as much as they need to, to make like wigs and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, usually um, 30 centimeters and then I cut it and then, yeah, it goes off to the hospital to be donated. But I haven't been to the hospital because it's COVID has been really weird and it's, it's risky, but I'm, I'm trying to get there. <laughs> well, that's nice. Yeah. Well, glad to hear everything's fine. How are your cats? they're good one of them had a cold this week so yeah, we, we, we needed a, a small doctor's visit but he, he was a smart cat because despite the fact that he saw a needle coming his way he was pretty still and chill and just let the doctor do the do his thing and now he's just running around everything and he's on a diet because they told us he's fat is it the, is it the, is it the gato non normal is this gato non normal no it's the other one oh, I, I still have that video saved on my phone i swear sometimes i'll go scroll through my phone and i'm like what video is this and it just makes me happy all over again it's one of the yeah. funniest videos i've ever seen yeah i have an, a normal cat and then the other one's just fat so funny yeah. But at the end of tons of stuff, I mean, I know we've been in communication, obviously, but we haven't recorded. We have this ongoing joke that we delay the next threshold of tens because we just don't want to get there just yet. So we're almost to 90, but we're at 87 right now. But we have tons of stuff to talk about. You talked about on the Mexican Soccer Show earlier this week, but I didn't have a chance to discuss this with you. So national team friendlies just ended for those of you, obviously, who have been in the know. Um, the uh, three feminine faced off against the U.S. women's national team as part of the U.S.'s send-off series before they head over to Tokyo for the Olympics. Um, 4-0 on both ends of the matches. I mean, Adriana, did we expect anything less? Kind of, so to speak, on the scoreline, but any particular standouts overall in these two games? Um, I mean, obviously, we would have loved to be a little bit more optimistic and just think, yeah, we just might get a goal somewhere. Um, That would have been amazing. I was kind of regretting a bit more just how much like during the second game, how much the team actually struggled, like 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 personality wise, just like showing some character on the field. I I kind of regretted not seeing more players stand up to to like the opposition and to, to the circumstances that they were in. I mean, playing against, yes, the U.S. World Cup champion at, as an away game for Mexico. And I was, I kind of thought they were really like, I mean, yeah, scared from at the beginning and just not as confident as I thought they should have been. So that's what I was really um, regretting when I was watching that game. I mean, I, I really wanted to see a bit more of a personality despite the score. I really didn't mind the score as much. Um, I still do think um, Monica Vergara is probably a bit more worried about defense at this point that she is maybe about offense or midfield. So yeah, some homework to do there. But um, yeah, mostly it was about the personality of the players on the field. 
I agree. I think I, I got a lot of I got a lot of pushback in, in some of my in some of my feminine circles because I, you know, for, for whatever reason, and I don't say this to diminish what the work is being done, right? I, I think sometimes we also get ahead of ourselves in what we expect, or at least, you know what, not us, because we've been saying this since from the very beginning. Honestly, to some point, Adair and I in past episodes almost didn't want Monica Vergara to be the head coach because we felt like there was going to be too much pressure on her to instantaneously create magic from a project that's yeah. just starting. Um, and I feel like that's sometimes the case, even with the best intention feminine fans or, you know, spectators, they kind of go, oh, maybe we can score two goals or maybe we can. And it's been very refreshing. I mean, it's, it is hard, right? And, and it doesn't help that we end up facing these top teams. Is it going to help in the long run? I think so. I think there's something very humbling about the fact that they face some of the top teams in women's soccer, right? You've had Japan, you've had Spain, you've had the women's national team as like your final ones. There is some value in facing off with those teams. And I think that's where you know, I, I mentioned it after the final game and even after the first 4-0 that if this was any other coach and this was any other kind of circumstance, we would be cause for concern or we would want the coach to be out, right? I, and I think you had, you were the one that tweeted out after the first game that right the last time they, they won was that Costa Rica game, that 3-0 yeah. that we were all like super excited for and we're like, yes, let's go. This is what we're going to be about. And then it just became more humbling after that, right after the other. Yeah, it wasn't that great against Slovakia, wasn't that great against Spain, wasn't that great against Japan. And there's all these little mistakes. And I think that's where people are justified in their, what's it, you know, in their, not the, I don't want to say delusion, right? But where the expectations are a little bit higher, you're more yeah. disappointed because of the way that these goals come. Because it is, it's very minuscule mistakes. But I yeah. think it also comes at the cost of the high press situations, which they're not used to. You know, they're not used to, I don't think, even in the Liam X Feminine, as crazy as it is and as exciting as it is, it's not always that fast paced or it comes with a lot of physicality, like you're saying, right, that seem to be missing from these, from these two games. Like the Feminine is very physical and maybe not so much technical as it's going to grow to be, but there's a tons of goals that are scored time and time again, right? But this is, this is much more it like I don't want to say like intelligent like to diminish the, the Mexican national team but it's intelligent in the sense that these systems of all these teams are facing have been in development for a lot of years and the Mexican national team is just starting off in in the first six months so that that was my takeaway is that you know what even if we lost 15-0 which is something that I said that kind of got some people mad I was like even if we lose 15-0 that doesn't mean that that it's a bad team it just means that we're starting a project from basically zero we're we're like a six-month-old child facing off against 15 year olds or, or you know five-year-olds in terms of developments for for women's games so I think it was I think it was it was harsh like you said it, it would have helped to have a little bit more personality in terms of like you know if you're going to compare it to the men's which I'm not doing to be controversial right but if you're going to look at the U.S. And, and Mexico men's side as the top of CONCACAF well, what do the lower end teams do? What do teams like Costa Rica or Honduras or El Salvador do? They complicate it. How do they complicate it with that physicality? And I think that's what, you know, three femenilas as, as a team needed to do against the U.S. The U.S. is about to head over to the Olympics right now. You know, you technically have nothing to lose. So why not go out and kind of just complicate it for them? Make them show what they're 
what you know not that what they're worth because obviously they're they're very talented but kind of just you know send it off in like a real way kind of thing and I felt like we missed a lot of that in these last two games yeah agreed I mean obviously we would have loved to see the team have even a stronger start right I mean we had that amazing 3-1 victory in Costa Rica Estadio Azteca first game yep. Monica Vergara um, broadcast uh, on TV just lots of things that we weren't really used to um, a year after after the last time we actually saw these players um, being called up. So, and then we had um, a draw against Costa Rica, which wasn't at the Azteca, it was at the team's facilities. And then a draw again against 0-0 zero, uh, zero, zero against Slovakia, loss against Spain, loss against Japan, and then two losses against the US. I mean, and if you look at it, I was like, I mean, I really appreciate the fact that the Federation is making a huge, huge commitment to the team and making sure that they're getting these friendlies and all these call-ups because these are like the games, but we also have call-ups like every now and then, like every month or so, um, just getting to know players. And obviously some of them were out due to injuries or COVID or just for both. So it was also like a, like a difficult environment to actually have a project and and get that continuity for some of the players. But again, you also want to see some of the players that weren't available at some point and then test them out. So it's just tons of tons of, of, of changes with, within each call-up, each game. And then if you look at it, you're like, man, I mean, we faced the world champions twice in the U.S. Before that, you faced another world champion in, in Japan. Uh, yeah. Before that, you faced Spain, who won two to, uh, lost 2-1 to one against the U.S. in the last World Cup. And they only lost because the U.S. had two penalty kicks. Um, they were playing quite well when, we, when that Spain-U.S. game in 2019. Um, so they have a really solid project, really great league. I mean, tons of years of just being like, like ahead in the game. Right. So if I kind of regretted that, like having those challenges so early on, because this was going to happen. I mean, if you look at it, you were like, it's, it was pretty naive to think that we were going to get tons of victories with these games. If, if we knew like what rivals we were going to face. Right. Yeah. But then on the other hand, people are going to be impatient and we're used to criticizing really quickly and we want to see results like a month after just having a new coach. So I, I kind of thought, Hey, this could happen when we started seeing like who we were going to face. I'm like, Oh my God, people are going to get really like, they're going to start criticizing and putting lots of pressure on the team. And why are you calling this player and not this other player? stuff like that. But if you look at it, it's like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just like, it's a process. We're not there yet. Monica, if, I'm pretty sure if you ask Monica Vergara what her like main team, like her starting, not even her starting 11, her top seven players, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't have most of them like just jot it down on paper and be like, yeah, and this is like the spinal column of my team. I don't really think she's there yet. But that's precisely why we needed like these six, eight, hopefully not 10, because we do have some qualifiers coming up, but it's going to take a while, right? Because you want to see so many players. And then you're also bringing players that didn't have an entire like youth process as we thought they would have, because they all all skipped all those youth World Cups, right? Um, So then you have players like Alison Gonzalez coming over to the senior team without having played the World Cup that she thought she was going to play. Who, by the way, was a standout for me in the second friendly. Yeah, I mean, she was going up against Crystal Dunn for crying out loud. And Crystal Dunn is is a hugely talented player. Like she's a she's a favorite over on in U.S. Women's National Team Twitter. And she was, you know, she was trying. There was one play, too, where she like she trailed back, you know, which is also another worrying aspect of of the way that this team is kind of working itself out. But Allison like tracked back and like is pressing is pressing Megan Rapinoe. You know what I mean? Like she's She's putting in that effort, maybe developmentally, she's not fully there, right? Because like you're saying, she skipped, she skipped a a step, 
but I mean, yeah. she was giving some some pretty decent. I mean, effort. she's she's nineteen years old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, just look at like I I mean, like other players are older just because of how many play like how many years they've been playing professionally. I mean, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, yeah, I it, it's she was fearless on the field. I really appreciated that. Again, I, yeah, she still has to develop a lot more with her game. But I mean, again, personality wise, she was one of the few players that I was like, yeah, she's she's not like backing up, like like backing down or anything. She knows what she has to do and she's doing everything she can to perform on the field. So I was really happy with her um, just looking at that game and just knowing how, like all the differences that you're seeing just with with, um, with character, with experiences, with just talent. It, it, it's, it, it was really interesting to see her like just take on that challenge. Yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing that I kind of excuse for the time being, right? I think anybody who, I think we're all kind of not excusing, right? But it's a very different situation if this was like another head coach in another in another national team that's, you know, yeah. had X amount of goals scored against them and basically only three goals in favor, you know what I mean? And, and that's one of the things that I'm still, I think I maybe, I think I'm maybe like two more friendlies away from being like, okay, what's going on but yeah I think another thing that we have to realize is that changing in in players in that starting 11 yeah. it's just rotating you know which is like a Mexican trigger word at this point when it comes to soccer <laughs> <laughs> but and, and and you know both of you and I have had a chance to talk to some players and I think that is also kind of like a worrying thing but everybody just has so much faith in Monica and of course mm -hmm. the end at the end of the day we've said this before on this pod you don't need to beat these teams. You don't need to, I mean, eventually, of course, but you don't need to beat the US. You don't need to beat Spain. You don't need to, you're going to need to beat Canada, Costa Rica, mm. Jamaica. You're going to need to beat the other CONCACAF teams. And in that, in that mindset, I don't feel too bad about this team. Like, I don't feel like, oh my God, we have no idea what we're doing. I just go, when push comes to shove, maybe Moni doesn't have her top seven, eight or her starting squad. But any of these players going up against not so much lesser teams, but teams of their caliber, I think they're up to the test. I think yeah. we'll see another Costa Rica match from facing off against other CONCACAF teams. And that's where I go, I have faith in this in this system and I have faith in what she's able to do. Yeah, agreed. I think we just have to learn to be patient and understand that there's a process behind all this. And it's not only, oh my God, like someone, I remember someone um, kindly wrote a tweet and said, hey, we, we'd be just killing if this was Leonardo Cuellar. And I was like, well, yeah, Leo Cuellar had like 20 years like managing the team. Of course, we'd be like asking just for just, it would be mayhem, right? Um, but again, this is someone that was in charge of a team for 20 years. I mean, and Monica Vergara has been there six months. So yeah, I mean, just again, take everything with a grain of salt. Yes, I mean, obviously we're looking at what players do seem a little bit like just up to the up to the responsibility of, of being on the national team or playing different positions, stuff like that. But this is what we needed. We needed to know who those players are, first of all, and then we'll see how we can make them play together, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll definitely see. I mean, we were expecting them to lose and that's not a problem. I think everybody just does feel... Um, you know, like not impatient. Right. But I think those who know are like, okay, we're, we're going to get there. I mean, we're not some moron that's on the timeline talking about, I haven't seen any of the games and I don't know any of the players, but you know what, <laughs> this system doesn't yeah. look good. Um, so anybody who knows, right. We're like, it, it's going to get there. And I can, I personally, on a very personal level, do feel like you face off against Jamaica, you face off against Canada, you face off against Costa Rica. Again, there's something there and we're going to see that product 
be much more exciting than what we've seen in 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 past in in past years you know and i think yeah. even you know even if they were i don't want to say pandering or patronizing you know but e- even you know if the head coach and and becky sauber are over here telling you yeah this feels like a very different system than what we've seen in the past i don't mm-hmm. take that with a grain of salt you know what i mean and i yeah. think that that's that's huge for them to say and i think they know that too i think that all of this all of this coverage and everything that everybody's been providing it's it's for something that we're going to really believe in and even if they you know, knock on wood, disappoint in some, in some shape, way or form, it's not going to go quietly. The Federation is now in a, they're fully committed and nobody's going to let them uncommit to this now moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Yep. There's just too much not like it's at stake for them to actually screw up. Yep. Yeah. So looking ahead at other friendlies and kind of tying this into the next point. I mean, Adair and I, like we've said before, when it comes to controversial topics in football feminine, we do try to do our due diligence and we do try to see how are we going to frame it? Cause so much has already been talked about. We want to, we want to know, you know, how can, how can we add something productive or, you know, intuitive to the conversation? And we, as we were planning out what we were going to talk about today on the episode, you know, we, we started talking about this. So if you've been living under a rock, I think it was Monday at the end. I don't know. Time's a myth. Monday, Tuesday. I don't know. Yeah. Probably Monday. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's say Monday morning. Gancha comes out with this, with this huge story saying that it looks like as all you as everyone knows the fmf was sanctioned for the chant on the men's side during the olympic qualifiers um that happened in guadalajara right it's been happening at the various friendlies well at the beginning of the various friendlies that started off this summer i was at some of the games i heard it some of the games had to be paused you know nations league was huge because of that u.s friendly so it's been it's been something right it's been something we've been talking about it you know, supporter groups, journalists have all been just saying like enough is enough. You know, the FMF is taking very strong, drastic measures to try to cancel it as much as possible. You didn't hear it in Nashville. You didn't hear it in Atlanta. You didn't hear it in LA. I mean, you didn't hear it in LA. That's huge, right? So everybody's taking all these initiatives. Comes out this story on Monday that apparently there was talks that they were going to see those, uh, part of the punishment was two matches that were going to not be played for the Olympic qual. I mean, for the World Cup qualifiers for the men's side. Here comes a story that says, technically speaking, the the games can be any team of any home game, right? And that basically alluded to the fact that the FMF was looking at potentially using one of the feminine friendlies that might come in September. Um, that Monica also talked about during her press conference after the U.S. friendlies, and that could result in you know essentially the feminine being punished for something they didn't do outreach outreach came out justifiably it was it was it's been mayhem these past couple of days i don't i am in a place where i understand the i want to say that first i completely understand why everybody's upset if this comes to fruition that is just completely 100 percent unacceptable the thing right now that i am in a place and at the end you know feel free to step in at any point is that we don't know for sure that that's going to happen right and yeah. if we're going to look at it in very technical terms fifa has left it very open-ended where yes there's a loophole and that loophole shouldn't be taken advantage of but they did leave that loophole of not stating what exactly which matches are going to be punished for these you know these past actions of the chant yeah i think oh man i think things People, I mean, we all are just so uh, sensitive right now to so many things that are going on that it's only understandable that 
many of us would, would actually just jump at any slight provocation or just slight change or something that we just can't control or don't know the entire story to, right? But again, I think we should look at everything objectively and say, okay, obviously we know um, things have happened in the past that don't benefit the, the, women's, the women's team or maybe even the youth system. I mean, those decisions I'm, we know have taken place. I mean, th there's a reason for us to be cautious with everything that's announced and, and be, yeah, sometimes a little bit skeptical. Yeah, why not? Um, but again, when we start looking at everything and being like, dude, we're not even sure what this means because it's, it's only a what if um, that doesn't really lie on the responsibility of the FMF. I mean, FIFA didn't say clearly how that sanction was going to take place. We're, we're really not sure. I mean, it really, like, the ball is on their court right now, right? So I do think that it was way too much scrutiny just on top of the FMF because of this. I mean, obviously, I think, I think we were being, like, overly cautious to the possibility that it could happen, again, because, yeah, some things have happened in the past, and there, there is some reason to be skeptical, and, oh, we're, we're like, these guys are probably going to do everything to defend the, the men's side, stuff like that. I mean, I, I understand why people would say that, but I think it's also responsible to make sure that we know everything, and I don't think we know everything, not because it's someone's fault at this case. I just really don't think um, FIFA knew that they had to, well, no, I don't think they didn't know. I just think that they kind of overlooked um, the point of saying, okay, and these are the games that are going to be sanctioned and that's it, right? So when you leave yeah. that like open space or just like that area of not like not- The ambiguity, like, it's like- Yeah, ambiguity, yeah, exactly. Not knowing what's going on. This is what happens. People go crazy and start expecting the worst, right? So I think that's where we just have to take a look back and okay, yes, we're going to be really, really skeptical if it just turns out that the women's side just magically had a friendly come up in September that they didn't plan for, right? Yep. Something like that. But I think people are now just way more just in like in the loophole. They know what's going on. And I'm pretty sure the Federation knows that people know that they like are going to be really looking into this and that's not going to happen. I really expect nothing, nothing weird to go on and be like, oh man, we're not really sure if they did this because they chose to or because that's just the way um, things happen. So yeah, I, I mean, just keep an eye on it. Let's see what FIFA said, like, like tells everybody that it has to happen. And then I think we can freak out if necessary, right? Yeah, it's just, it's, it, you hit it exactly on the head. It's like, there is, there's, there's a right to be skeptical, right? And there's a, like, there's a reason why this came out the way it did right and it, it was going to light a flame under because yeah. we're very you know we're very passionate about about the feminine side and from a you know from a from a, from the other end it's like you're already in this weird place when it comes to these sanctions that are that are happening to you i would imagine or at least my good my my belief in good faith which is very small to begin with um <laughs> it's just like you are already in a tough place just like you know, PR wise, like I, I would, I would imagine this is the next, this is another headache that you don't want to afford or can't afford. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, it is, it's a mess. Everybody, people have a right to be skeptical. Um, you know, the ambiguity is just a huge counterpart because, you know, from an entirely, I don't want to say like all oh, both sides or anything, not at all. But when this came out as a Mexican American, when these sanctions first came out and this news broke, what did the what was it that that some people did? They blamed U.S. Mexico-based fans, you know, and they were like, "Oh, this is why you don't have these moleros and and blah blah blah." And it's like if you bothered to read it, 
the punishment came from the Olympic qualifiers, which were held in Guadalajara. So, you know, it was like, it's like, there's always this ambiguity or there's always like, you know, we need to objectively look at this and holistically, and then we can kind of see what's happening. So um, just like Adriana said, you know, definitely follow it. Um, we'll be keeping an eye on it as well. And, you know, end of the, at the end of the day, everybody's in agreement. It just shouldn't happen. Nobody should do it, you know, from, from government, from governmental entities in Mexico, from the Federation making, trying to be clear about that too, from Moni having to interrupt her press conference and answer these ridiculous questions. You know, everybody's like, just, just do the right thing and, and don't do that. So um, yeah, we'll just, we'll just keep an eye on it, but oh, what a headache. Headache indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on, there. Speaking of football, feminine, something we haven't been able to talk about too much because not that there was nothing going on, but you know, it was a little. We we were stuck with a, a lot of other soccer in the process. Liga Mex Femenil transfer talk. We told you guys the last episode, um, a few weeks back that we're gonna be talking a little bit about it. I mean, Adriana, there's been so many moves. I mean, there's always moves uh, around the summertime, particularly in the summertime. Um, but biggest story for me on a personal standpoint and also just in general, Charlene Corral coming to Pachuca. I mean, Adena, how are you feeling? What do you think about this move? You know, just your thoughts, immediate thoughts. Any effort <laughs> to end uh, the reign of Tigres <laughs> is, is just so welcome. <laughs> um, I love Tigres. I love and and envy them so much because they've done everything so so well they are definitely the example everybody else like every single club should follow um they set the, the tone to the league definitely um i just really really think that for them to keep on going and keep on winning won't really benefit the league at all <laughs> um so that's the only reason other than that i really applaud them they're an amazing team to watch um, they're doing amazing club efforts, bringing in amazing players, building a really competitive team that I just really, really hope has the opportunity to play an international tournament anywhere, anytime, whenever they can. Um, yeah, I just really hope that that comes up sometime soon. Um, they have national team players. You see them on social media. Um, just it's they've done everything practically perfect, I think. And that's only because I really can't think of something they haven't done well at this point. But um, that being said, um, the fact that they keep on winning won't benefit anybody except themselves. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking about the other 17 teams and all the other players that belong to those teams. So, um, yeah, I'm psyched that Charlene is, is joining Pachuca, one of the teams that we've mentioned this time and time again, Amy, um, just one of those teams that deserves a lot more than they've gotten from the league at, at this point. I mean, yeah, they, they got to the final against Chivas in that um, Apertura 2017 tournament. However, um, they're still, they kind of like missed the mark after that. So hopefully with Charlene joining the team, they become just get that, that, that key striker that they need to make the difference against all the other teams, make Teliguilla, and hopefully um, give Monterrey and Tigres uh, a run for their money and just make that, that the league a lot more competitive, at least amongst like the top eight, 10 teams. Yeah, I mean, we talked. We were able to talk to Paula Lopez uh, last season, and she talked about Tonya Isis. You know, she she's her system is is very is very intense. But they were in belief that things were going to get better because even if they had like a, a a rocky start, you know, things were going to get better. And I mean, to their credit, um, just kind of what we were talking about with Monica. You know, as a first time coach, she still managed to get them into the playoffs, and you know, that's still huge to have. You know, you you still have a good players, and your system's kind of getting it to work but um you know for a sophomore season to then have this 
a player of this caliber and not just her, just a ton of other players, right? Natalia Gomez Junco joined Pachuca. There's Norma's going to be heading over there this season as well after her, her brief stint at Exaton. So you have, you're going to have the, this, the system that now you're going to have a really good set of players to, to formulate it around. And I can say from, from the behind the scenes, look, um, the Charlene news was, was massive internally. You know, it was, it was huge. Yeah. It was exciting to just try, try to prep it, to get started, to see what's going to happen. Um, and I'm very excited for her and she seems equally excited. You know, she's very excited to, to kind of help grow this league and, and help grow this momentum that's happening again around Mexican women and not even from a biased standpoint. Right. But this is the biggest signing of the, of the league in league history, in my opinion. Yeah, probably. I mean, we've seen so many players, national team players come in, particularly from Spain. I mean, we did have Bianca and Stephanie come in from Iceland, um, but you also have now have Kiana coming in from Spain as well. You brought back Ceci Santiago from the Netherlands. But yeah, definitely having Charlene with all her history, all her popularity, all her experience, um, just worldwide and with the national team coming and finally being able to play professionally in her home country. I mean, it's a huge deal. I'm, I'm psyched to see her on the field. I'm psyched for so many people because I think despite the fact that she's so popular, being able to watch um, like women's soccer games from Spain and Mexico is, is really difficult. It's not as easy yeah. as we, we wish it, what it were, right? So many people yeah. know Not everybody's her. Ruby who stays up till like four in the morning. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, despite her popularity and a couple of like national team games, which again, I think there's a huge effort behind actually broadcasting the games now that we didn't have before. I mean, usually we would just know what happened because of a press release. Now we can actually see the games, um, which is another huge um, improvement. But I, I really do think that people, despite knowing who Charlene Corral is, haven't really seen an entire game with Charlene Corral. So I'm really psyched for people to actually see her play now. Yeah, definitely. And then other other key signings that happened uh, during this offseason for Pachuca, Lucero Cuevas headed over there, Selena Cortez, Natalia Gomez Junco. So it's it's something's brewing over there, you know, and I think we had yeah. a few questions um, that I posted that I asked uh, people to listen. Our good friend Eugene said, how big of a threat is Pachuca to the Regio Duopoli? I would say they're a pretty big threat at this point. I mean, I and I yeah. see that because I don't imagine Charlene not scoring like a good chunk of goals this season either agreed i think yeah i think they're the biggest she, she might hit, she i mean we've had this discussion before what did i think leech and allison hit 19 this season this past season yeah i think so yeah i think it was yeah i think charlene's passing that plus some definitely yeah i, I yeah. think so too yep she might even hit 30 she might even i don't know she's she's hit, she's gonna hit she's gonna hit somewhere hard i i, <laughs> but, I, I kind of don't I, like just over over 19 is fine <laughs> because okay that means yeah that, that no they scored over, yeah let's do over under she's definitely hitting over 19 without question yeah yeah definitely over 19 yeah, yeah. So very exciting, looking looking real exciting for Pachuca. Um, other key other key signing, just like we were talking about Ruby Soto, um, she will no longer be watching the Femenil at five o'clock in the morning because she actually returned to Chivas this season. Um, we talked about obviously Chivas, one of the finalists. I we've talked about it before. We think you know Chore was kind of working with players that maybe weren't top caliber, but they pushed and pushed a lot. And I mean, they got to the final. It was incredible work. Uh, Miriam Garcia, you know, unfortunately left, but they got some good players. Ruby Soto returned at Timba Casas from, from Juarez. And then we have uh, Cassandra Monteros 
I mean, Adriana, how are you looking at Chivas? How's it, how's it looking for you? Uh, I, I'm, I think I'm just letting like the men's side situation get to me recently. <laughs> <laughs> you, watched, you watched the Amazon documentary, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> you know what the worst part is? It was actually, I think it was like the first three episodes are really amazing. I love the fact that you get like this all access to the, to the team and then and the locker room and what they say behind closed doors. I mean, all, like as a fan, but also as a journalist to get all that information is so amazing. Yeah. Um, and then it, it just looks as though like pandemic really like caught off like what they thought was going to be the project of that like that series I, I it was just like the last episode was like oh well, let's fast forward to what happened next semester it's blah, like blah, blah, blah. a that that meme where it's like a beautifully drawn horse and then the tail is just like stick figure like that's yeah exactly like. that, that's that's how what the series felt like the first three episodes <laughs> were amazing I was like oh my god this is like the best thing ever and then the last episode was like oh man yeah COVID got to them and they just had to end this off really quickly <laughs> um but yeah, so I, so the men's side situation is is worrisome at this point. As a fan, I'm looking at the team and I'm like, oh my god, it's gonna be one of those long tournaments, isn't it? But then um, I try not to get like that like that sentiment like go onto the women's side because I do think if something happened with the women's side last semester was that they amazed and just shut everybody up <laughs> like halfway through the season. They were doing so so well, so I don't have any reason to doubt that they'll do just as well this season because. Last time I doubted them and they showed me everything like like exactly the opposite of what I thought was going to happen. So now I have complete confidence in what they're doing. <laughs> um, I, I love the fact that Tania Morales is back. I was I was really missing her as a captain, as a leadership position um, yeah. on the field. And it was just such a terrible and long injury. Um, so I'm really, really happy to see her back and just eager to see how she can change a little bit of, of what Chivas uh, needed last semester just to make it a little bit further. Yeah, definitely. Um, other key moments for me in the transfer tracker, um, Kiana Palacios just recently joined America Femenil. I mean, you're over there with Natalia Manleon and Karen Luna from Tigres. Um, you know, I, I don't see America, I don't see them being as, as bad and that's hard to say, right? Because they're still kind of a, a decent team. We've always said that they have great players. It just, you know, the foundation's always been weird. It'll be interesting to see what happens under this new leadership. Um, but I do think that they'll do better this season than I don't, last yeah, season. definitely. It just seems like a more solid squad. I mean, again, the thing also with America, their preseason we have, we have like a different their preseason yeah, hasn't been too bad. Yeah, again, yeah. Um, I mean, so many players were out due to injury of like the last year, not even the last semester, like the last year was just crazy. Do you remember like last year we were dying to get a schedule? I yes. mean, we were literally like like groveling on social media, playing like please. I made a whole TikTok a about it. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it was killer and then um oh, it, it was so many games being changed and covid and restrictions and then you have america who has like entire new squad like what seems like every six months but this time it seems like well thought off like it, it, it seems like there's a process behind choosing the players and it seems as though they were a bit more um cautious regarding having so many changes so i was i was happy just to see that um, and it definitely seems as though they have a stronger squad this season, definitely. Yeah, other key signings, not as a player. Um, don't know if we talked about this last time. I should have gone to, to check back. But Eva Spejo, new, go new head coach for, for Pachuca. I mean, Pachuca for, for Monterrey. <laughs> um, Hector Bacera finally says goodbye. Um, it's huge. I think that it's, 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 it's definitely one of the huger things. Extranjeras. 
are coming in to the league. Yeah. Um, Davis he just got one of their own. Um, Querétaro just got one of their own. So very interesting to see the dynamic working out. I think there was one more extranjera. Now I'm feeling bad, but there's there's another one, but the club hasn't announced it. I think um, I think she was from Panama. But look, like like the club she left announced it, but we haven't seen another signing over here. So I think that's the third one. Because I was also thinking about that, uh, that other player, and I was like, we're still missing one. Isn't it weird, though, that I thought we were going to have, like, way more players come in, like, from abroad. I was Did like, you? oh, my God, Tigres, Monterrey, and Pumas, or, or in America are probably going to take this, like, just bring in, like, bring them in. Like, just come on. Um, so, yeah, just having two at this point is kind of, I don't know, it's, it's weird. <laughs> Stephanie Federer, I think and that's the that's the extended for yeah. Tigres. I, she yep. she'll probably have a good. I mean, she's she's playing for Tigres, so you know. Yeah, Brazilian. Said. I think Spanish descent. Yeah, I think she'll I think she'll have a good season. Uh, another key standout. I mean, I think some people for Vanessa Cordova. I think some people had some interesting opinions about why Querétaro is over here getting some extranjeras. But you guys, do people not realize that Querétaro has the, uh, you know, the famous Carla Rossi? People believe in Rossismo, you know what I mean? Like they're, <laughs> they're very much into it. So I don't, I don't know why that one was such an outlier. And like, really, of all the people to announce Extranjeras, it's going to be Querétaro. Like, I can see why. I can totally see we need, why. We need, we need t-shirts that say that, like Rossismo. <laughs> Our good friend, uh, Adriana, uh, Ad uh, sorry, Adriana, Andrea Sierra <laughs> from Campiona said she will be making those um, in the foreseeable future. So we'll be one of the first <laughs> in line uh, to get one of those. Um, another couple good standouts for me. Um, I will have, I have an updated transfer tracker over on Footmax Nation. So you guys can look at it in English. I mean, obviously there's great work being done in Spanish, but if you want to get your, your news in English, I have one um, ongoing over here on Footmax Nation. I was very, very surprised. We talked about this in the chat, Adriana hugely surprised to see Cruz Azul let go of Alejandra Curiel and then see her go to Juarez. That was huge for me. I was disappointed. I mean, just with this, I, I don't understand the decision. I don't know. I hope maybe it wasn't a club decision. Maybe it was a more personal decision. I doubt it because I don't understand why she'd want to go to Juarez looking at what she did with Cruz Azul. So I, I kind of, yeah, I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of disappointed at seeing Cruz Azul let her go. I really do think she was probably the best player from the squad this season. And that it really honestly doesn't seem to have been a logical reason for letting her go. I'm not like super disappointed. I, I'm more intrigued than disappointed. I mean, I, I get it too. When I saw her, them saying goodbye to her, I was like, really? You're going to let her go? But I'm just yeah. intrigued. I want to see what's happening because Juarez as a team, I mean, they weren't super flashy, but they had a lot of heart. They, I mean, you know, they, 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 I forgot where they, where they ended up in the standings, but they had a decent amount of heart. So I think that that's what Curiel is about too. So maybe on a personal standpoint, that's why she headed over there, but still definitely will be interesting to see. I mean, over at Cruz Azul, got some, got some pretty decent signings too. We got Claudia Cid over from Leon, um, Magali Cortez. So, I mean, they're kind of forming their own thing. Alondra Gonzalez, formerly from America Feminine. So I think you've got something, you got something cooking at Cruz Azul. It's just also, yeah, you let go of one of your key players. So we'll, yeah, agreed. we'll see what happens there. Um, I mean, there's just been so many moves. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm very, very excited to see this. Yeah. Season out. I, I kind of want to wait sometimes because I'm over eager to see like the squads and be like, Oh, this is like the squad looks like, and then it'll change like in a week and they'll have like three more players come in and maybe two leave and then stuff like that. So it's, it's definitely just like a wait for like a couple hours before the first game. And then you'll know you'll have like the definitive squads for every single team. Right. Because again, like, like we, we got the schedule last week 
Yeah, right. I okay, think it was first last of all, week. I just want to say, I know that they're trying to be flashy. I know Adiola's over there trying to be all cute, like, oh, hey, by the way, during halftime, we're gonna have these announcements. Why are they doing that? Why okay. do you put it in the halftime? Okay. People are thinking about something else during halftime. Why? True. Like, why True. can't we have like schedule like Wednesday noon? <laughs> right, right, right. Totally agree. Okay, the one for the men's came out. I want to say what? Let me be like at eight o'clock, eight eight thirty ish. I think it was Central yeah. Time, so it was good for everybody involved. Why would you put the women's at 11 o'clock at night, central time? Like I was in LA. So it was like, yeah, what was it? Like eight o'clock for me, you know, nine o'clock for me. I was like, okay, I can kind of check it out. But I'm also in the middle of a game. But it was like 11 o'clock for all of you guys in Mexico. I'm like, why? What were we thinking? Like, I know that we were (laughs) desperate for it last season, but don't throw it at us at 11 o'clock at night. I, I only forgive them because they did the same for the Liga Expansion game while it was scheduled. They also published it, I think, yesterday around. Hey, man, the family yeah. gets more views than the Expansion. Have some respect, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really was like terrible planning. I was like, we're in the middle of a game right now. This definitely is not the time to have people focus on the schedule. We need them to be all like clear minded and just focus, you know, like, like a racehorse, like just looking at like what's in front of you. Um, so yeah, I, I really don't, I don't like it for any guy. Like, I didn't like it for the men, the women, like the women, the expansion. I just don't like it because I don't think it gets as much as attention as it deserves and needs. Um, because I like, I like to look at the entire schedule. I, I like to see when the classicals are coming up. I like to see when Liguilla will start. I, I like to see if we have like any midweek games, stuff like that. And I can't do that in the 15 minutes that we have, like between first and second half of a Mexican national team game. So yeah, I, 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 I understand what they're doing, I think. But if they like published it like on like the following day again like around noon or, or whatever, I think I would be okay with that. Yeah. So Adan and I will preview the first week next week. Um, sorry to keep some of you listeners waiting. We will preview for sure the first week starting next week, early next week, um, in between all Gold Cup games and all that all that funky stuff. Um, but for now, I mean, games you're definitely looking forward to that you probably already know about. Jornada 8 is going to have the Clásico Capitalino and the Clásico Tabatillo, which should be fun. Then we got Jornada 12, which is going to have the Clásico Nacional Femenil and the Clásico Regio Femenil. Again, are they doing that again? They're going to put the both. Don't do this, guys. Guys, you're going to start the discourse all over again. Okay, at least we know when the discourse for the real Clásico Nacional <laughs> is going to happen. Just brace yourself for Jornada 12. <laughs> and then Jornada 16, we're going to have America versus Tigres and then Chivas versus Rayadas. Um, so, yeah, definitely look forward to. Also, another thing that I think I saw, and I should be a better journalist about this, there's going to be more games broadcasted this season, right? Or is that wrong? I feel like that's... Yeah, because um, last the last time all club owners met... I remember it wasn't something they said. It was just something that was shown, I think, when they were doing like the stream of like the presentation of what like all the agreements and stuff that they were going to work on. And there was like this bullet point that just said something like make sure that all games have some kind of broadcast. So it does seem as though I mean, the, the thing is that some 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 of the, the, the companies that do that are, um, are, are like it's really difficult to have that particular channel, but it doesn't mean they're not being broadcasted. Right. So, yeah, let's see. I'm looking at the schedule and I'm not seeing like a, I'm, I'm not seeing Rayadas have like someone broadcast them, which is really weird because I, I'm pretty sure Fox will have it. Well, let me see. Well, it's 1030 a.m. So I'm guessing something happened there. And then I'm not seeing San Luis get like someone broadcast them either. So that's a big no-no. Um, hopefully that'll change. I'm trying to, 
I'm trying to imagine that there's probably the excuse that there's gold cup games in the afternoon. So they're going to switch around some, uh, some of the women's games in the mornings, like at least for the first month or so. I'm guessing yeah. that's the excuse, which is terrible, but it's, I'm pretty sure that I'm, I'm guessing that that's where it's going. Um, so yeah, but hopefully we will have like all games being broadcast at some point. That would be something like big to celebrate, to be honest. Yeah, also another key thing to take away from these schedules, America and Pumas will be playing their matches in the stadium. So America will be at Estadio Azteca for their home games, and then Pumas Femini will be playing in the Estadio Olimpico Universitario. So that's huge. Um, obviously, we've seen them play on the training grounds a few times before in the past or in the Coapa for America. Um, but it's nice to see this gradual progress being made over in the in the feminine side. Yeah, agreed. I mean, the only thing I regret is um, COVID situation is not great over here. It was like three weeks ago. It was like, oh my God, we're getting through this. And then I have no idea. It's like cases start to spike up again and people I think are being overconfident and we're getting a rise and just people being infected again. So uh, not quite sure if all stadiums will or should be open when the season starts. Yeah, so we'll definitely see. And we'll end it off with some of our uh, listener questions. Um, we already uh, answered Eugene's about Pachuca being a threat this season. Obviously, yes, yes, yes. Our good friend Cesar asked, what team will be the dark horse for the title this season? I don't count Pachuca as a dark horse because we always had them as a top team. But if you had to pick somebody to be a dark horse, Adriana, who are you going to get? Um, I'm looking at all the teams right now. Maybe like a Toluca. Ooh, Maybe like yeah, like a Toluca. Yeah, that could one. be one. Yeah, I might say Cruz <laughs> but I have to see how they play first. Just because they had yeah. a good system forming, I think they had some good sign. They've had some good signings. Guriel not being there obviously is a huge thing, but I might say I might say Cruz just because they were so close that time. And of course, my yeah, boyhood club in Mazatlan, they let go of a bunch <laughs> of people. They haven't signed anybody. It's okay. I still have faith. So we'll see. What- We'll see what happens there. Um, Says I have had a follow-up question for us. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred <laughs> duck-sized horses? Oh my God. Just thinking about this visually is so funny. Um, so one horse-sized duck. Yes. That's a big beak. Um, or just, what was it? A hundred? Duck-sized horses. Oh, the duck-sized horses. Yeah, definitely. Really? I would well, they have, they, they, have like, they have like 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 I, I don't know the teeth don't seem as, as dangerous as the huge beak. But all <laughs> the hooves, all the hooves. Like ho- uh, like ducks can still get kind of big. So I said I looked at it as like I'd rather deal with one beak and webbed feet than all the hooves of a hundred well, duck-sized horses. So yeah, like I might, I, yeah. I'm kind of, well those are small hooves anyway. This, this, this is a hard question. This is a hard question. They're like, they're like, they're like ant-sized hooves. So, so maybe you can just deal with them. They'll be like, this little, is like little stings. This is like one of those, this is like one of those, like, like psychological, like psychiatrist questions where you find out yeah. what kind of person you are. So I'm going to, I'm going to Google what it means that I answered one horse-sized duck. <laughs> Thank you, Cesar, for your question. Um, this question is for me. Is Ollie still staring out the window for the delivery truck? No. <laughs> so one of his toys got delivered yesterday. So staring out the window apparently worked. 
but the the second set of toys is not going to be here till Tuesday and my beautiful child doesn't understand the concept of time so he's been getting mad at me for the last like three hours about why I can't magically make the delivery truck get here any faster so he's no longer staring at the window of the for the delivery truck but he is still mad at me so that's one um and then our final question was kind of answered but I'll just answer it here on air as well they asked, do you know anywhere we can buy merch from the US for Chivas? Or do I have to ask my grandma to send it over? <laughs> no, our good friend Melissa for the Chivas Feminine English said that TUDN, thank you, Adriana, actually has a fan shop now where people mm -hmm. can go ahead and shop for Chivas uh, merchandise and have it uh, shipped to them in the US. So very, very cool. So there you go. There you go. Adriana, we got through, as always, a lot of stuff. Um, I don't even want to talk about Gold Cup because it's it's there. It's, you know, it's happening this week. I'm actually going to be traveling out to Dallas uh, tomorrow morning. So I will be there. Um, but do you think that over under Fundes Mori scores 312 goals in the Gold Cup? <laughs> Maybe 300. I'm not quite sure about the 300. Oh, okay. So we're going under. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair enough. Uh, but, but truth be told, I do think he's got to score more than four. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for like a, he might score more, more than, than I don't want to. I know that we always say like don't get ahead of ourselves and stuff. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. But he might just score four goals in one game. And Tuna yeah, scored. Definitely. And Tuna scored a hat trick last time around. Granted, they were facing Cuba, but still, and Tuna got a hat trick at some point. I think he did, or at least he got two. Mm -hmm. He definitely got two. You know, crazy things happen in Gold Cup group stage matches. Yeah, particularly in Gold Cup. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be such a weird tournament. I really regret the U.S. not sending a, a stronger squad, to be honest. I wanted that, like, that payback for the Nations League. But, I mean, just, even if they do face each other in the final, it's not the A team, so it's not going to feel like it. But, again, just I just hope the Mexican national team has a pretty good, solid performance and just – I don't know, get, get like understands what they need to do looking into qualifiers in September. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Adriana, anything else that you want to add? I think we got through a lot of it today. I miss this uh, as always. I miss this. Yeah, this was fun. Um, no, I mean, we'll, we'll see you guys next week with preview of, of week one Liga Mix Feminine. Um, that'll just kick off the last part of this, what has been such a crazy summer. Probably the craziest part is yet to come, but that will be fun as well. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. Well, thank you guys as always for listening to us. Be heard. Ah, God, I can't talk anymore. Be sure to follow the hashtag Digamex F-E-M-E-N-G for the national team. Go ahead and follow uh, El3 F-E-M-E-N-G. I mean, keep up with all the content. Enjoy the Euros. Enjoy Copa America. Enjoy the Gold Cup. Summer of soccer continues. Um, and just have fun because at the end of the day, it is our football. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. <laughs>